0: Global Broadcasting Networks presents Coach Talk Radio. Create the time, money, and lifestyle you want with tips, tricks, and techniques that get you started today from some of the best Internet minds in the business. Now here are your hosts, Internet brand strategist Sandra Beck,
1: Hey, guys and dolls, this is Sandra Beck, and we've got a great show today. We are going to be visiting with Dr. Laura Ciel and Bill Poet, who have a great site about inspiring change and transformation. Now, this is... um, this is really a great time to have this because we're kind of coming up on valentine's day and you know there's a lot about love that's hitting the airways these days and uh one of the things that i was looking at um at on laura's site you can see dr laura ciel and ciel is pronounced uh or is spelled s i'm sorry c i e l so dr laura c i e l she wrote a blog about how can i love better today and i have to really tell you i just digged it i i enjoyed it uh dr laura and bill welcome to the show
2: thank you sandra
0: Oh, so excited to be with you.
2: <laughs> well, I'm so excited for yeah. you guys to be And you know what, Sandra? Actually, Bill and I share um, writing blogs, and that's actually he he wrote that one.
1: <gasps> this is a man blog? That's a man it's blog. A man <laughs> blog. <laughs> oh, my God. I, Isn't that,
2: that awesome?
1: <laughs> that is awesome. You know, because I, I see the thing, like, you know, I watch my wife of seven years, and my two daughters drive away from me, you know, and things like that, and I'm like, like oh, Oh, my gosh. I thought you wrote it. I mean, I'll be honest, Laura, I thought you got in there with the big red editing pen and gave him a big F on the top. And, you know, we wrote it. But Bill, that's awesome.
0: Well, I've had my heart broken open enough that I actually have figured out how to feel. So thank you. And I'm really glad it resonated with you.
1: You know, I want to just, I, I would love to open the conversation about that because man or woman heartbreak, whether it's a relationship heartbreak or a heartbreak, like when my mom died, my mom was my absolute best friend. I talked to her every day before work. I'd call her, you know, we'd have a half an hour to 45 minute chat. I'd go about my day and, you know, be excited for the next morning. And when she died after a long battle of breast cancer, I was more heartbroken about that than my divorce. And when your heart breaks, you change. You're a very different person, at least I was from before to after. And Bill, I would love to hear your thoughts on that and Dr. Laura, to you as well.
0: Well, first of all, I'm so sorry for the loss of your mom. And you're you're absolutely right. Uh, I've lost so many people in my life. And, And when our hearts break, there's an opening. And and in that opening there's the possibility for expansion. What what typically happens though is it we're in so much pain that when the heartbreak happens we we quickly do whatever we can to build those walls back up again. And, we
2: don't, and wanna, we don't wanna we don't wanna feel that. We don't want to have that pain
0: anymore. Right. And and we've done a ton of work on, on how how really to bring to tear those walls down because we think we're protecting ourselves from pain. And if, you know, you look around, you don't see very many conscious people who aren't in a ton of pain. And what we do is when we wall ourselves up, we, we cut ourselves off from possibility. We cut ourselves off from love and from passion and from creation. So th- there is in that that suffering, uh, there's a window and there's an opportunity for expansion. And that's a really big part of what we, we talk about in tea.
2: Well, it's something that both Bill and I feel we, we, we have experienced and we have worked with a lot of people who have been going through heartache and, and knowing that, and, and, and I do, I do some consulting work in an IC unit, an ICU unit in a hospital. And, and it's really hard when you're in that, in the midst of that, of that heartache to even, to even consider the possibility that there could be something beautiful within that and, and yet, at some point, you you have that little nudge, and that's what you know. In the work that Bill and I do, we we love kind of inviting inviting your heart to just consider the possibility that even in this pain, even in this heartache, that there can also be beauty and joy. Um, it's a difficult concept, especially when you're right in the middle of right in the middle of it. But but it is it is. I, I know, but Sandra, I lost my mom as well, and and it's. Painful, And I wouldn't want anyone have to have told me that, oh, it'll be beautiful. But what I do know is it, it did change me and it allowed me to open up and allowed me to do even more of what I want to do in the world.
1: Well, and that's the thing. Like, I feel like, you know, and maybe, you know, maybe it's because, uh, you know, I'm me or I'm type A or whatever. I don't know if you're the same. But, you know, <laughs> as life went on, like, I got like this hard, like M&M shell, like around my heart. Mm. And, and I became real bulletproof, which was really strange for me, because I was always kind of a goofy, you know, just joyful kid. And I, I was like, Oh, I can handle this. I can handle that. I can take this. I can take that. And, you know, I was in a very, very combative uh, divorce. And, you know, everything just crumbled when my mom passed away and mm. the, the walls melted away, the fear melted away. And, you know, the first year I will say, I kind of walked the earth like a zombie, you know, and I had, <laughs> yeah, I had, I had done, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah. A show about uh, walking through grief. And I, it was bouncing off my heart, like rubber balls. It was bouncing off everything. Cause I couldn't absorb anything and i i really want people to know if they're grieving whether it's the loss of a spouse or a marriage or a pet or a family member or a friend or health health. right there's so many things that you know if you walk through the grief if you feel the grief even if you're the grief zombie like i was i had to feel it dr laura and bill because otherwise i couldn't let it go
0: absolutely well you you, you know when you say you've got to walk through it that's so true, and and what we do in our society, especially with men, you know, we we tell them, "Suck it up and, and get over it." My my daughter was fifteen when her mom died, and and literally two weeks later in school, a kid told her to get over it, and 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 she's never going to get over it, and and it's our capacity. Feel and to grieve, and, and but to keep moving uh, that allows healing and allows transformation. And you know, when we try to suck it up or drink it up or ignore it or whatever we do today, um, it, it's just it can become permanently debilitating. So, I, I, I love that you kept moving through it, and that's what we have to do.
1: Well, and one of the things that I would really love your take on, because this was something that was kind of new to me. Um, and I was one of those like athlete girls that was like the suck up queen, like, Oh, I can suck it up. Punch <laughs> me harder, punch me harder. You right. know? And right. what happened when my, um, when my mom died, all these feelings came up from like, you know, I was a, a child when my one brother, you know, suffered from a really deadly form of cancer and he eventually lived, which was surprising. But, um, and you know, my grandparents died and all these things. And there was so much going on at once that I didn't process it. Like, like I said, I right. was this girl, I was little, you know, in my little cape and hat and swimming and doing my thing and nothing bothered me. Nothing bothered me. Nothing bothered me. And when my mom passed about a month after she died, I didn't know why I was crying. I cried for 86 days, like not not constantly, but I wrote my day plan because I thought, okay, that's get to 100 days. I'm going on an antidepressant. <laughs> um, but... Guys I I didn't know why I was crying. Sometimes I was crying for my brother and sometimes I was yeah. crying for my little brother and then I was crying for my sister. And then I'm crying for me and then I'm crying <laughs> for like, you know, Dave Patchell, who, you know, had cancer in 6th grade. Like it's the weirdest thing.
2: It's so beautiful what you're saying, Sandra, because it's a great example of you you, you know the death of your mom for whatever reason, and I would say for me as well, it was the death of my mom it's different for everyone it, it was it was it was lined up in such a way that it just boom you know you just opened up and you started feeling all those things see this the thing is what we tell people when we 're working with them is it's if you have had experience whether you were three years old ten years old forty years old whatever that 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 was Something that you lost, and, and it could be anything. It could, it could be a move when you were a child. It could be a, you're a sibling going away to college. It doesn't have to be death and, and, and tragedy every time. But there are these, th- and sometimes we just, you know, society, is such, we just kind of put it aside, put it aside, we deny it. You know, many of us um, in the world will try to numb it out in some form or another with alcohol or drugs or activity or, you know, so, I mean, there's a lot of different ways of doing it, but... But it's it's always there, and what I love about what you said about the walking through the—I don't remember how you said—but the walking through those zombie days or whatever—is <laughs> that there was the, that 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 there was motion, there was forward motion in that, and was actually feeling it, experiencing it, and going through it, which is what we often don't do. And so the the question becomes: How do you? How do you? Most people are scared to access those feelings because they feel like they're going to be pulled down and consumed by them, and that somehow destroyed. And so it's it's easier to numb out, push out, deny, you know, just keep it away. And, and then when someone like you or, or, or like me and, 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 Bill would say he's had the same experience of just being broken open, like what else could there be? Like, I give up, like, I can't, I can't hold it together anymore. I mean, that was kind of how I felt after my mom died. I'm like, I don't fucking care about any, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to play this game anymore and bring it on. And, and It it allows you to process it and in processing it and feeling it, that's where the opportunity is to feel joy and love and ease and fun and all those things that we have been trying so hard to do, but we haven't really touched it because we're not touching all those experiences that you had when you were a kid and growing up that, that
1: are there and they're still with you. Well, and that's when I read Bill's blog about how I can love better today. What came up for me was just, you know, kind of like facing loss, facing fear, facing the changes. You know, all these things didn't have anything to do with love,
2: <laughs> but it had everything to do with love.
1: But it had everything to do with love. But yeah, because if you don't break down these things, and I need to take us to commercial break. Oh my gosh, this segment has gone so fast. I am here today. This is Sandra of Coach Talk Radio, and we are visiting with Dr. Laura. Ciel and Bill Poet and the blog that we've been talking about is on Dr. Laura Ciel that's dot com. how can I love better today when we come back from the break we're going to talk about and I know this sounds silly but what is a loss because that was a big deal for me in you know kind of valuing you know my losses and then what do we do to walk through grief what do we do to recover and make sure that we don't harden our heart so that we can love again and you know in lines with bill's words how can i love better today sometimes loving better today is looking at the past processing it feeling it letting it go we're going to talk about the how we're going to turn the how into wow so you can have a great life you can love bigger and better than you ever have this is sandra beck of coach talk radio we will be more after the break
3: Is there more living for you to do. Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R dot com. Tricia's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on com.
4: Is it ever okay to hug a coworker at the office? In Sweden, up to 25% of workers have hugged a cuddle worthy colleague. However, only 4% have hugged the boss. I guess it is lonely at the top. According to a recent survey of American companies, 7 in 10 executives said embracing coworkers in a business setting is inappropriate. Some would say it's okay if you're administering the Heimlich maneuver. It seems a little snuggle can get you into big trouble at work. Even though you might enjoy a big hug, not all people like to be touched. Maybe that's why in China and Korea, they greet each other with a bow or nod of the head instead of a handshake. What's a word for the fear of being touched? Fixophobia! I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're a fan.
1: Hey guys and dolls, this is Sandra Beck and this is Coach Talk Radio and we are bringing today to you some heart-centered, love-centered, ooey-gooey, touchy feeling all that kind of stuff that makes big executives feel uncomfortable because guess (laughs) what? When we are uncomfortable as executives and I was a CEO in Beverly Hills for many years so I know a little bit about being 10 feet tall and bulletproof and one of the things that happened to me, Dr. Laura and Bill, is that... When I walked through grief stores, I was going to put it with multiple losses, I started getting out like my little balance sheet, and I'm like, okay, it's valid for you to be sad that your dog died, because in one year period of time, I went through a foreclosure, I went through a divorce, my mom passed away, and both my dogs passed away. Now, that was actually an 18-month period of time, but it felt like just getting wave after wave after wave, like standing in the ocean and getting whacked in the back with grief. and I started to try to value grief. Like, this is how insane type A I am. I, I probably had a grief spreadsheet at some point. I just, but <laughs> there was a value attached. And what I came away with was I don't have to feel bad because I felt more about my dog dying than my divorce, or my mother's dying was more value. But there is a value put on grief by society because culturally, There were some not nice, uh, I won't even call them friends of mine.
2: (laughs) Oh, I had some of those.
1: Yeah, who thought I should get things over, get over it faster. Somehow, like, apparently the grief dog timeline is 30 days. Then you have a second dog, so you get 45 days. Well, then your divorce rolled around, so, okay, we'll extend you another 60 days. And it was really funny how people would look at me, and especially because... My relationship with my mother was sacred. It was like one of the most powerful things I've ever experienced in my life. And not everyone has that. And I took her death really hard. That's me. I am not you. But people don't get it. And this kind of a loss is whatever was meaningful to you. That's what I came away with.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's different. Great dysfunction in our society, and and you know I'm, I live on a ranch that's been in our family for 200 years, and and our, I mean, when you're in agriculture, you're still connected to the earth and, and reality, and we live in this instant society where we expect to have our food and our relationships and our grief all take place. And, and you know, if you go back 100 years ago, when when you lost a spouse or a child, or you know, you would wear black for six months. Or, or, or and you know basically that' saying back off, I don't want to talk to you, don't ask me how I am because i'm suffering and and we we don't honor the grieving process and then you know the other thing he said is all losses are attached and and you know, when I, I had a, an, I had an acquaintance pass away uh, about a month ago, and I I was crying for everything. So it's I, I love that you decided to kind of throw the spreadsheet out, and you know, you're going <laughs> to love and live and laugh and grieve unlike anybody on the planet, and that's why you were so fascinating. Yeah,
2: and and I I would add to that, you know, so what I realized as as I went through the grieving of of losing my mom is that everything that people were saying to me really was coming from a place of their own anxiety. And I actually had a friend later on, not at the time, but later on said, I couldn't be with you because it made me too afraid of my own mom dying. So it's like one of those things where everyone has their own stuff that they're, that they're dealing with. And then it gets played out on, I mean, I had one person come up to me I I think my mom had been dead for One week and my mom died suddenly. So there was no warning. I had not. So it was like suddenly she was there and then she was gone. And it was the biggest, just weird shock in my life. And I remember someone coming up to me. It was, it was a man. (laughs) I hate to say it, but it was a guy. And he's like, I'm so sorry about your mom. I know how it feels. My dog died last year, and I wanted to punch the guy <laughs> because he didn't know how I felt, number one. And I don't know. Maybe he loved his dog. But but there's just no way that he could understand how I felt about losing my mom. And don't even try to tell me that it's similar to me losing a dog. <laughs>
1: Oh, well, I just, I have this thing that, like, you know, that I've said a lot. Death makes people weird and oh, stupid, weird. <laughs> okay? <laughs> they, they act all weird, and they say stupid things. And one of my uh, very good friends, she's a host on this radio network. She hosts um, Childhood Cancer Talk Radio, and her son, Jack-Jack, who was friends with my son, Zach, Jack-Jack uh, died in Jack-Jack the- Jack and Zach? Yeah, Jack, Jack, and Zach, but Jack, Jack uh, was birthed into the light. I love how she put it, but he died of a pediatric brain tumor when he was four years old, and he was friends with my four-year-old, and my mom died in September, so Janet and I became grief buddies, and we... Oh my gosh, for like, she was another part of the zombie grief nation with me. We just wandered around town like, you know, grief zombies. But we would get together and we would talk about our feelings because we were so profoundly sad. And I will say, I don't know what it's like to lose a child. And she would say, I don't know what it's like to lose a mother. You know, <laughs> we yeah. would validate each other. But one of the things that we did that really helped us get through the zombie stage was I would call her up and I would say, Oh my God, Janet, can <laughs> you believe what somebody just said to me and i would say it and then she would go like oh my god they just told me like they're so glad jack died quickly and he didn't suffer (laughs) she's like i wanted to rip their heads off and you know we just but we would laugh because there was nothing else you could do but part of it is it's okay to laugh it's okay to release some of these things and when i was um at my mom's funeral in new york you guys i get really i laugh i get giggly and you know giggly and funerals don't mix and everybody was standing by my mom's um coffin or what do you call it the casket you know and my nephew knocks on he's like grandma you in there grandma. So I start to laugh and then my sisters start to laugh because they're as immature as I am. And to get myself under control, I stuck my finger under the cross on the casket and it snapped off. And my brothers were like, oh my god, you broke the casket, you know? And then I didn't know what to do with it because if they roll it out and the cross falls on the floor, you know, the the church is going to be mad. And so I stuffed it in my purse and I stole it. Um... (laughs)
0: That's the greatest story in the world. It would like oh, a, that's a coffee table book about weird things that people say when someone dies. I mean, that's, and, and, you know, your mom, God bless, I, I I didn't know of it. I, I'm guessing that was kind of the highlight of the funeral. I, no? I mean, it was certainly was. No?
1: No, because I fell in her grave during the burial. And this is God honest truth. I'm, I'm not making this up. Um, we're from a little small country town near the Canadian border. And we have a, a private funeral lot, like where people like a cemetery, but it's not like a real cemetery. It's only where like town residents can be buried. It overlooks our lake and you kind of have to walk up to it on a dirt road. So we're like the Amish going up there. And um, my uncle Gary, who's a pastor, was you know speaking and they put my mom's urn on a table with like a pretty like tablecloth well they put some astroturf behind it and i thought you were supposed to walk on that because it's like a little honorary carpet <laughs> oh, but it's right not, it's yeah no. it's, it, it was covering the hole, there's a yeah. hole there. Yeah, so oh, I fell but, in it, and my youngest brother, who's a NASA engineer, took pictures and put it on Facebook. Oh Said, God. only my little sister can fall into our mom's grave. Now, granted, I didn't, like, wipe out and crash in the dirt. I only went up to my knees. Um, That's great. But, yeah, <laughs> But, you know, my mom had a great sense of humor, so I feel she was behind it.
2: Exactly.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Oh. So, my yeah, cheeser. death makes... I don't know
0: if that happens to all your guests, but my cheeks are... Smiling right now. I hope
1: so. Because, you know what, you don't ever get over these losses, but you do... I don't know that where they go or what happens. Like they're still there and I'm still sad. Like if I, you know, these are funny stories, but if I tell sad stories, you know, I'll cry. Yes. So the emotion doesn't go, but something changes. And maybe Dr. Lauren, Bill, you can talk about that. Cause in the beginning it hurts so bad and you, you like can't even breathe. Yeah. And then now like three years later, I can talk about it and you know, I still get weepy sometimes, but what happens? Like, does the energy go away?
2: Well, you know what I would say about about your experience, and and I noticed this as well. And the people that I work with with grief, um, this is the case. And what it is is you allowed yourself to feel right. So you didn't try to put push it away, numb yourself out. All the things that we talked about earlier, you you actually fully experienced that grief. And that grief can look like laughter at times. It can it can be out and out crying, loud crying. It can be gentle tears. It can be, you know, it, 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 can be anger. It can be a lot of anger. It, there can be a lot of different, you know, there, there are and it's interesting, you know, Kubler-Ross talked about these stages of, of grief and, and what's interesting as time has gone by and people have continued to study it is its is they're not discrete stages with timelines. What happens is everyone grieves differently and if you allow yourself to feel all the feelings you're going to, you could have one day where you're, where you're angry, you're in denial, you're sad and you're laughing at the same time or you may have several days where you're just crying, crying, crying. It doesn't have to look a certain way. What's important is to feel it and so what I would say in answer to your question is when you allow yourself to feel it, and this is what I'm doing work with, with patients and families who are actively dying. It's, it's about allowing yourself to express, feel and express everything that's flowing through you. Let it flow through you. Don't stop it. Don't hold it. Don't hide from it. Let it flow through. And when you're letting it flow through, you're continuing to grow and evolve and, and, and develop in your life. And that's what you want. Like you can't make it go away, but you want the, the emotions and, and the experience of it to allow you to keep growing. And so, so it's an evolution, Sandra, as opposed, it's not like it goes away. It's not like you can check it off and put it in that, in that drawer over there and it will pop up and it will pop up at different times, not expecting that. I actually had, um, a client recently who lost her, her mom died two days after her daughter was born. My mom died six months after my daughter was born. And in talking with her, I, I, I was realizing it was reconnecting with that feeling of my daughter, never knowing her Grammy and, and the, the, the tears that and the, and the sadness that and it, so I'll start to go into it right now, you know, <laughs> that that brings up, even though it's been 13, almost 14 years, but that, but that sense of my daughter will never know this amazing Grammy and she'll never, but she does know her. And then that's the part that's the evolution. That's the growth. Okay, you know, So we're going to talk about that. Yeah. We're
1: going to talk about that. that's a nice positive note to end the segment on. We're going to talk about that when we come back from the break, how do we walk through grief? What do we do? How do we process it? When we come back, we're going to be more with Dr. Laura and Bill.
3: Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 Central on TogiNet.com. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond.
5: What should you invest in as far as workout equipment is concerned? My answer is simple invest in a good pair of exercise shoes. The shoes that you wear for exercise can really make a difference for your body. Regardless of how they look, go for shoes that have the right fit and support for your foot. Orthopedic surgeons and podiatrists will tell you that the shoes you wear are crucial to your body's alignment and the protection of your feet. Many injuries that are common with exercisers, such as low back problems, plantar fasciitis, and knee pain, can be in direct relation to the shoes you wear. Take the time to get fit for the proper shoes by salespeople who really know. You don't have to buy the most expensive shoes, just the ones that are right for you. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com.
4: Taking care of-
1: Hey, guys and dolls. This is Sandra Beck, and we are visiting today with Dr. Laura Ciel and Bill Poet. And you guys should check out their uh, website. Uh, If you guys can Google Life Advance International, that comes up. You can also look up uh, Bill Poet. That's P-O-E-T-T-NOW.com. There's lots of cool things on here. Um, There's so much to do with you guys, and I can't believe we're halfway through the show, so I'm going to quickly say look us up on iTunes. There's like 200 hours of other shows like this, so um, do it. Go find it and we're going to get back to the topic so there's my station identification thank you toginet toginet.com now before we went to break uh we were talking with uh dr lauren she referenced a book elizabeth kubler ross's book on grief and dying which i read before my mom died then i reread after and i expected there to be a checklist like and what i found i really did because i'm like okay i'm in this stage now i'm going to go into the next stage Right. And-
2: so you can I, plan.
1: Yes. And I really thought there was something wrong with me for, because grief to me was like my bullet It was like nutra grief It was blended all up in there and, you know, anger would pop out and remorse would pop out and grief would pop out. And it, and it just, it was all over the map. It didn't follow things nice and neatly like Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. And so you guys can look up her book. And one of the things about her, and I'm just going to say it in the vein of like death makes people stupid and weird is <laughs> it's a good thing she's named Elizabeth because from her pictures in there, you can hardly tell she's a woman. So I'm just going to say that and read her book, but read it with an understanding that they don't fall in these stages. Now, Bill and Laura, the hardest thing that I had for me was there was so much information on the web. There was so much information out there, which is why I went back to a book that was, you know, written. um, I don't know, whenever it was written, it's like 40 years old. Um, for information, because I didn't know where to turn was, how do we grieve, we do not as a culture teach anymore, how to grieve, there's not rituals, there's not things. And so I was kind of like the test monkey, I first went to yoga and, you know, in true form with my type A personality, (laughs) I was going to go to yoga and I was going to conquer this grief. And, you know, I fell over and some old man who smelled bad next to me could bend further and I got really mad. (laughs) And I never went back to that yoga class. Um, But I did go to a Krav Maga class. I did study martial arts and grieving for me meant punching a large man, like in in padding, Um, (laughs) and yelling and screaming and being pushed. Down on the ground and getting back up with my sparring partner, Carrie Tebow, who's like five foot 11 and much bigger than me. So she could really knock me down. But every time I got back up, I could feel waves going away. And so Mm -hmm. I want to talk today about how do we grieve? Because as a culture that defies death, it defies aging. We don't anymore have like for me when i was little we had religious things you know where you have the funeral you have these rites of passage and if you're when i was a little girl they picked up the body and danced with it because everybody got really drunk which is horrifying um, <laughs> yeah i'm from immigrant families that's what they do um
0: how do you grieve well, I, the first thing I would say is I would change the language. You're saying how do we grieve? And at the heart of the work that we do is we recognize that every single person is perfectly unique. So, so when we look for a process or when we look for a checklist, we're already kind of setting ourselves up for some problems because you are going to grieve completely different than I would grieve or your brother would grieve or, or anyone. And, and so there are there, there are tools that we can use to help with the grieving, and, and you shared one, which is one of my favorites. Uh, you, you, I call it transmuting, And and when we are in pain and when we're suffering – there, there's a lot of energy. It's negative energy, but it's still energy. And and in the blog, you know, when after my wife left, I completely redid my yard, and I I attacked my yard with a vengeance, and it was a way to help me transmute the pain that I was feeling, and take that energy, and and, and instead of you know sucking it up and keeping it in me, which is going to make me sick, I used physical movement. And you talked about going to Krav Maga and pounding on, you know. That, that's a really that's one really effective technique to to process grief and move through through grief. So that's my two cents.
2: <laughs> you know, it's it's funny, Sandra, I actually started running. I had never been a distance runner. I was always a sprinter and it was really, really hard for me um to learn how to run further than once around the uh, once around the track, but I, I believe that that was something that really did serve me in dealing with my mom's death, and and so I love that you went out there and and and, and jumped into something physical. What I wanted, how I really wanted to respond to your questions. Funny, Bill and I sometimes use similar words. I was going to say I would change the language as well, <laughs> um, and the question, and but but for me, I would I would what i really believe is happening is that everyone yearns for love and and everyone yearns to to give love and to receive love and not everyone maybe not everyone would agree with me on that but i believe at the core of who we are love is is essential and I, and i think what happens when when there's a loss when you are thrown into a grieving time into a grieving period things that come up that, that are unconscious, so there's fears of what if you know, like like for me with my mom, it was but but she was she loved me for all of who I was. she didn't she didn't like take pieces of me and 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 I wasn't conscious of this at all, but at any time that that someone, i mean, I, I've worked with patients who've had to be ha, had to have limbs amputated. they're grieving. There's a part of them, you know, I've had flat out. I don't know if my husband's still gonna love me. You know, so I, for me, the, the grieving process is something that we're thrown into that rocks that core of our, our yearning for love in our life. And so there's always with that, there's a question mark of, Of what could be possible in that. And so the process becomes one, you know, one of the things that Bill and I do in the work that we do. It's about reconnecting with that love within you so that it's always there, no matter what happens in the external world, no matter if if situations change, uh, you know, people die, relationships break up, whatever it is, but really reconnecting with the core of who you are,
1: which is this beautiful, beautiful love. Well, and I think that I got there. You maybe not the, yeah. the 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 you know. I kind of took a roundabout route. Um, you took but, your route, Samara. right? I took my route. <laughs> and I know, but as an efficiency expert, you know, we want the efficient <laughs> way to get to. Um, You know, when they talk about like it takes time, Mm -hmm. it really does take time. Like, you know, you can't you can't process this stuff fast. Like that's the one thing I found out because I thought, you know, I'm going to write this journal and here's like my typical type A again. I bought this journal and I'm going to write all my feelings out. it, And when the book is done, I'm going to burn it and I'll be over it. how'd that yeah. work for you yeah it didn't work I mean it did work I will say that it was you, part of the process Right, it was part of the process and some of the things that I did as part of the process I call it like my own trail of tears I would walk up to this top of the mountain every day and walk down like it wouldn't matter whether it was 100 degrees out or 50 degrees out or 20 degrees out I would go up and down and I would cry on the way up and I would laugh on the way down <laughs> kind of like a lunatic. Um, But I did my Krav Maga classes, and a funny thing happened during the healing process is I learned to sit still. And that is so not in my nature. And I could do yoga for the first time this year. This is year three after my mom passed away. Mm -hmm. I can finally sit and not fidget and not have racing brain and not like twitch or fall over or get like distracted by the smell of the person next to me. <sighs> you know, I, it, there was a whole year of confusion where I was really mm-hmm. confused about life and I couldn't figure out why the sun was shining. Like the day my mom was buried, um, it was sunny mm. and it was windy and beautiful. It was like any other beautiful, you know, summer, summer-esque day. And I, I, what? I, couldn't, like, like like Bill, when your wife left, and my husband left me, so I know a little bit about what that feels like, um, wasn't it strange to you, like, the Friends reruns were still playing? And
0: <laughs> oh, was I can on? remember, it, it, you know, it was a beautiful day. I, I mean, and, and it's almost like the beauty, it's like the, it was such a beautiful day, I was offended by it. Like, <laughs> yeah. why, you know, why doesn't the day feel as bad as I do right now? So oh, I, I, yeah, it's it's um, it, it's it's bizarre what we can feel, but it's also really beautiful, and and it's so different for everyone. You know, as you were as you were sharing, just one thing, another big disconnect. I think we have. Um, I, I snapped my right elbow backwards in a bizarre accent that isn't relevant, but it you know the doctor said it's going to be three years before you can use that arm again, and I thought, okay, that makes sense. And I'm going to go through my rehab, and I'm going to do all these things. Well well when we have a profound shattering of our heart why don't we give ourselves the same time to heal it's it's again it's just bizarre that you know well i just buried my wife or my daughter just buried her mom and 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 she's supposed to get over it two weeks later but if i broke my arm you know at least i get 6 weeks or 6 months or whatever <laughs> the prognosis is so we're just really trying to help people to reconnect with what is and kind of step away from the idea of what you're supposed to be doing because we don't really buy into the fact that whoever wrote those rules knew you very well.
1: Well, and I love how you put that because I do a lot of work with the military, and one of the things that always strikes me when I see somebody, you know, missing an arm or a leg, you know, which is really popular right now um, from, you know, your military service Um Mm -hmm. you feel really bad. You go like, Oh, gosh, he lost his arm. Oh, gosh, she lost her arm. Oh, gosh, he lost his leg. But you can't see the big old hole in my heart that was left by the loss of my mom. So nobody was like, Oh, I'm so sorry, you've got that big hole in your heart, because that's really what it feels like. There's like an emptiness. It's like, I've never lost a limb. But I would think, you know, it might be some similarities
2: absolutely and you, well, know, you and, know and that's actually our 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 world our culture our culture especially here in the united states is definitely very very comfortable with talking about what's going on physically but not emotionally and and so there's much more support For someone who's got something physical, when they're having a physical loss, they're more likely to have support and time, like Bill was saying, you know, time to adjust, support, um, than than someone who's suffering from an emotional loss. It's not something that's not visible to, to other people.
1: Okay, I need to well, take us I, I, to, com- Bill, I'm sorry, I've got to take us to commercial break. We will go. get back to you right after uh, we come back from break because we definitely want to hear what Bill, the man blogger, has to say, and I, <laughs> I just have to say that, because that blog is just too great to be written by a man, and you know, I'm going to get hate <laughs> mail from this. We're visiting with Dr. Laura Ciel and Bill Poet, and when we come back from the break, we're going to hear what Bill has to say, but we're also going to explore further some of the things we can acknowledge in ourselves to give us some peace
4: super bowl will air in 180 countries and with that infamous coin toss for one day most people will toss out their new year's resolutions to lose weight the super bowl accounts for seven percent of an entire year of chicken wing sales 48 million Americans will opt for having food delivered, with pizza franchises seeing their sales double on game day. Domino's alone looks forward to selling over 11 million pizzas on Super Bowl Sunday. What's a word for food that contains unknown ingredients? Acken Pucky. Americans will eat over 100 million pounds of guacamole and 8 million pounds of tortilla chips on game day. What's a word for those folks who call in sick the morning after a little too much indulgence? Our farfanoffs. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
3: It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
5: Pediatrics published a study that said by following three easy, healthy habits, we can lower the risk of childhood obesity. Implementing three family habits, eating dinner together, making sure kids get enough sleep, and limiting TV, can help. The combination of these three habits is associated with a lower risk of obesity in children, according to a new study. The study found that children who ate dinner with their families more than five times a week, slept for at least 10.5 hours a night, and watched less than two hours of TV a day were 40% less likely to be obese than children who did none of those things. Keeping kids active and moving along with these habits will keep the weight off and the energy going. I'm Annette Hammond. If you're a fan of Fitness Minute, like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond.
4: Taking care of every day, taking care of business every
1: way. Hey, Hey guys and dolls, this is Sandra Beck, and we're visiting with Doctor Laura so I'm sorry, Doctor Laura Ciel and Bill Poet, and we are talking today about you know how to how to love, how to how to find love, be love, accept love, and one of the things we have to do before that is kind of walk through our own barriers. And one of those barriers um, that happens is when we have loss in our life, and everybody experiences loss, and we all uh, are we all going to face uh, the death of a loved one or the loss of a relationship. Relationship at some point in our life. And uh, we build up walls. And one of the things that grief does really well is it brings up all your own unprocessed pain, garbage, walls, everything gets burned down, burned to the ground. And you can either grow up like a mighty oak that's been burned in the fire, or whatever those trees are that have to I don't know, their seed is really thick and then they burn it and it grows into a tree. <laughs> Somebody gave me that analogy while I was grieving and I was like, are you <laughs> kidding me? So all I remember is some stupid nut that gets burned in a forest and apparently that was me. Um, But, um, before we went to break, we were talking, uh, to Bill and I had to cut him off because we were talking about physical pain and, you know, people have a pain threshold and people have a pain threshold for different things. Like, you know, if you punch me in the arm, my brothers used to give me tattoos when I was little, you know, the bruise and Hey, your tattoos (laughs) fading. Let me give you another one. Um, but you know, I can take that. But if you touch my ear, like if I have an earache, I will shriek so loud that the whales in Santa Monica beach themselves. Um, (sighs) So we're all different and we're different in different situations. And Bill, you have an interesting thing to share about like that X factor threshold.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've broken my back. I've got bolts and screws and ankles and elbows. And so I'm pretty intimate with physical pain. And the reality is you reach a certain point and the body will shut down. I mean, you'll either pass out from the pain, which I've done before, or it's manageable. And and when I've suffered some of these heartbreaks over the course of my life, I can tell you right now, the emotional pain that I have felt is exponentially greater than any of the physical pain. And and I and and so again, it's so important that that just to validate that if you are suffering and if you are, you, you know, it's you might not be missing a limb, but you're missing something and you're feeling something. It's so profound in our in our training and the work that we do. We talk about physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual, energetic thresholds, and as we move away from the physical body, we move in these higher vibrational energies. And the capacity that exists emotionally is greater than the capacity that exists intellectually or physically. And and so, so so can the pain, but also where we really want to get people to is so can the joy and the love and the expansion.
1: Hmm. Now, I'm going to switch gears a little bit now, guys. We're going to leave, you know, pain, grief, and suffering behind. Um, and yay! We're gonna, yay. <laughs> so we're going to end up <laughs> with how do we love again? You know, Bill, when your wife left you... I am sure you just took like a big old board and just hammered it right across your house or across your, um, you know, your heart, just like we do in hurricanes. Um, I can't imagine you walked around going like, I can't wait to love again.
0: (laughs) Well, you know what's interesting? I mean, I got got it. It was really I I have very I lost a child. I lost my first wife. I lost my sister. I'm not going to go to the laundry list of all my grieving and losses. But I, I had actively learned how to not put that wall up, and, and, and actually I I made a decision because in that last relationship, I had done a lot of settling, and I had compromised my dreams, and, I, and, and it was actually kind of the reverse. I made a decision that I was going to love more, love bigger, and never settle for anything less than what I knew I was worthy of, and, and, and that... Process And I talk a little bit about it in that blog is what brought me to to Laura. Uh, but it was it was a decision. There was no way a wall was going to come up and I was never going to settle again. And, and I was going to love better every single day. And, and that's what led to that question. You know, it doesn't matter how well I loved my partner yesterday. Yesterday has gone and dead like everything else. How can I love you better today? That's where the power is and that's where the juice and joy is.
1: I just wrote that down. Yesterday is gone and dead. How can I love you today?
0: How can I love you yeah, today? Yeah. We joke about Laurel, you know. I mean I, I in my in that marriage where my wife left me, I thought I had done such a good job being a husband she would be with me forever, which was a crop. And, and every day in my relationship with Laura, I wake up and the first thing I think about is how can I love you more? How can, how can I bring more light, more joy? And, and not only is it the best feeling process in the world, I'm, I, I think I'm getting pretty good at it.
1: <laughs> you're very good at it. <laughs> well, yeah. If you're blocked, you go by it. I'm, I thought it was written by a girl.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's very I good at it. I take that as it.
0: for the best, best compliments ever.
1: And I think, you know, it's like, it's always fun. Like, you know, I come from a big family. So I look at, you know, like, everybody's so different. And when my brothers are like, when I got divorced, my brothers were like, one of them was on a plane out here, you know, he's like, Oh, my God, you know, he moved out. And, you know, they all rallied, like, Hmm. there was a scene in Twilight, you know, that that vampire movie where like, the girl, she's like the hamburger for the vampire standing in the field. And, and, (laughs) All the family, like all the vampires, stand in front of her and they're like, ha, ah, ah, you know, against the man right. family. Right.
4: The right. That
1: was <laughs> what the family was like. And they all. They all supported and and helped me in different ways during that time. And equally as such, when my mom died, like one, and I'm not going to use their names, but one sibling like could not stop crying. One sibling was in denial, like she's in hospice the last day, you know, morphed up to her eyeballs and she can still recover, (laughs) you know, so we had that one. Then I had one sibling who didn't get there till like the day before my mom died because he, you know, couldn't couldn't get there, and you know there were so many different things. And then here I am, you know, breaking the cross off my mom's casket. You know, we all were so completely different, and but what we didn't do was shut each other out.
2: You know, we. Mm I love what you're saying and and actually um, what what you're saying about all so different, Sandra, because that really is, and Bill mentioned a little bit earlier at the at the heart of of the work that we're doing is you know you, you the the fun and the excitement, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what you're facing, no matter what the challenges are, is the fun and the excitement the joy is reconnecting with who you are and reconnecting with all of who you are, not just the pieces that you've allowed the world to see or that you've kind of morphed and shifted in this place where you think it's acceptable, but really opening up and, and it, it, it's, there's a, there's something really fun about exploring the parts of who we are that are different from other people. And, and the more that, the more that we're in touch with that and the more that we're clear and, um, and good with the fact that, Hey, the way I do, this is different than the way you do that. Or look at, you know, I've got this gift and you've got that. And there's not judgment about something being better or worse, or it's supposed to be this way and not supposed to be that way. You know, the, the core of uh, the fun part of the work that we do with people is, is like, wow, you're totally different than anyone else on this planet. What are you going to do with that? You know, what, what, how are you going to show up? What does that look like in your business? What does that look like in your relationships? What does it look like? You know, you as a parent or you in your own body, what you're doing. Um, so I, I, I love that you gave that example of your family and how, how everyone handled a, a situation differently because of who they are.
1: Well, and that's the one thing that I'm just going to say is kind of the downfall of our one, two-person families. You know, I have two kids, so I, I get it. I try to put as many kids in my house at any given moment as possible because one of the things that, like, Like I always felt bad for only children. I'm sure there's great things about it or, you know, um, families that are so tiny, Um, because when you have like a big, large, like we've got a big Polish German family. And, you know, there could be 50 of us together at a barbecue. You really get indoctrinated early that everybody's different and it's okay to be different like you don't have to be like me like my my one sister and i fight all the time and then like jill and jen we are inseparable especially jen jen i text and talk to every day why is that you know it's just because we're all different and it's okay and i think accepting our differences and that we all grieve differently or process differently or like, Bill, I'm really proud of you for writing something that so touched my heart. And, you know, that you, you're not all caught up in the, you know, I have to have the man suit on and I can't talk about these things. Um, we have to talk about them. We have to acknowledge that we're all different. And when we don't, it's really painful.
0: Yeah. But that's where the magic is. You know, the magic is your DNA, your fingerprints is different for a reason and and when you learn how to connect and align with who you are then that's where genius comes from that's where picasso and elvis presley and and everybody else and and what we get to do in our love advanced courses uh, imagine a couple that isn't trying to be a cookie cutter couple and and the woman is supported to come into her full realization and the man is supported to commit to his full realization imagine what they can create and and it's it's so much fun because it's we get to watch individuals and couples and organizations really bloom and we, we're like wow I never would have expected that and and then we are enriched and our lives get bigger and and that's the real joy it's not when we're trying to fit in or be like anybody else
1: so important, uh, Dr. Laura. How how can people find you and about your your programs coming up?
2: Yeah. And just so, you know, we, we, we really bring this heart centered work to leadership in, in businesses, to life, really anything in a life. And then, and when then we have a, a special course on, on love. So the, the easiest way to connect with us is to go to our, our website, which is lifeadvancenow.com. And you can look at the courses that we have available. You can sign up for our free, we have a free webinar coming up um, about, it's not just about, you're going to get a taste for free of, of what we do in our love advanced course with Bill and I on, on that. So you can sign up for that and, and and we have online courses so no matter where you are located we you can go on there you have access to videos and audios and PDF and book and and exercise and we also do calls with people so you have a lot of access a lot of support so even if you're even if you're listening and you're somewhere on your own and you just wonder about it know that there's a community of people that really want to walk through life not left not let challenges and grief and 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 the, the difficulties of life hold them back but really walk forward and evolve there's a community community of people that is here and that you can access no matter where you are so lifeadvancenow.com
1: all right i'm going to end the show i'm going to make a promise to the listeners i'm going to take one of these courses i'm going to bring bill and laura back and we're going to talk about what i experienced next uh not next week but but in the future
0: thank you for listening on behalf of Sandra Beck and Scott Frazier we want you to get out there today to make more money with less time and effort so you can live the life you want tune in next week for more tips tricks and techniques from
3: Coach Talk Radio